are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Ready? Go, go, go. We are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. <laughs> Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Good day to you and welcome to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff and today is Sunday. We are starting a new study. Uh, If you're watching this live, you're probably watching it on one of the alternative channels because YouTube gave me a strike. And the strike was on the video that I did a week ago Thursday, and it was the one where I compared God's Ten Commandments to the pagan Ten Commandments that were given, and I was told that I was inciting violence by saying that. But, you know, obviously the commandments say, thou shalt not kill, and uh, I do believe in the Ten Commandments, so those are the ones that I follow. But I digress. What's really interesting about this is that the strike happened on the Thursday, which would mean it's seven days. It's a strike one. And so by Friday, the show should have been back allowed on. And when I went to set up the show on Saturday, this is being recorded on a Sunday morning, the uh, platform said that I had two days left in the strike. So it didn't add up, obviously. And I want to be forthright with you. Uh, At the end of the Singapore prayer celebration last night, I did approach the throne of God and ask for this uh, to be allowed back on YouTube in a timely fashion because it was right. But I preempted that prayer with saying I had, excuse me, very little faith for it. And that happens sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Not every prayer do you believe in, particularly, uh, I think you're going to have the same experience as me, is it's easy to believe in miracles unless you really need one. And of course, I don't really need one. It's kind of a trivial thing. And uh, anyways, fast forward. The show is going on. This will be uploaded uh, when it's permitted back on there. However, when I was showering this morning, listen, God talks to me when I'm walking my dog. He talks to me when I'm in the shower. There's a couple other, but listen, I'm thankful I hear the word of God. And what I realized this morning was it's God's doing. You see, the computer that the uh, the tech companies use, they're pretty smart, and it's ones and zeros, and when that clock ticks over, it just ticks over. It automatically, it isn't like there's someone thinking, oh, we're going to get Jeff or the devils in the machine, although it's probably run by uh, our adversary. However, it became clear to me that this is actually God's provision. And he wants me to learn something from it. And a whole bunch of stuff come to mind 
immediately. However, uh, I'm going to wrestle with God on it and be sure that I know I don't want to just guess. But it's actually God's provision. So when we ask something of Jesus, he does answer. But sometimes his answer is, I got a better plan for you. And I do. I know that I know. I have joy in my heart that there is a better plan for us, for me, and for us collectively. The Lord has been speaking to me quite a bit about this ministry and where we're going. And he's made me some promises. And he's actually made some promises to me that are going to be blessing others uh, that are uh, contributing and helping out. And uh, the road is good ahead. So that's my preamble for this morning. Let me pray and then we'll do a worship song. And this worship song is going to be really unique for you. I think you're going to really enjoy it. But Heavenly Father, what a blessing it is to know you, the Most High God, the Creator of the universe, the one who was so far removed from anything else in the earthly realms, in the Elohim. You are uniquely situated, and your scripture today is going to prove that. Lord Jesus, I give you thanks for the privilege of reading your word. I understand the responsibility. Lord, and you understand my shortcomings in this. Lord, I didn't go to Bible college, but I love you and I love your word. And so, Lord, I pray that I can only do this with your Holy Spirit. And I pray the Holy Spirit has my full permission to come into my life and to speak words through me. And Father, I extend that prayer to everyone who hears this message. And Lord, that the Holy Spirit will be their translator. And if anything comes out of Jeff's flesh, out of my own intellect, then Father God, let it fall off their ears. This message is personalized for every single person that God has chosen to be here. And yes, we are chosen by God. I pray, Lord, that you expand our tent. And I say our tent because it's not just me. It's all the people who contribute and all the people who are just here and contributing just by watching or listening or taking these words forward and blessing someone else. So, Father God, I also pray for health of each one of us, myself included, my family, your protection on myself, my family, and all of those in our community. Lord, give strength to each person that they may fight the good fight. And they may be your witnesses 
here in this earthly realm on earth as it is in heaven. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So today's worship is sent in by Bernadette Goodson. And this one is unique. Uh, she's doing a kind of a version of a karaoke, you might say. But what is so unique and such a blessing about this one is she's actually doing the hand signals. So it's worship for the deaf. And I say that for those of you who are listening on Podbean, because you might have someone in your life that is hard of hearing, or, you know, you want to share this uh, particular song. It's beautiful. Her hand, she's beautiful. The hand gestures are beautiful. And the worship can only be beautiful because it is the worship of the most high God. So without further ado, Bernadette Goodson. My name is Bernadette Goodson. I live in Alabama. You are
Thank you, Bernadette. That was really awesome. And Lord, I do stand in awe of you. What beautiful praise and worship. And by the way, if you want to uh, contribute, and even if you've contributed before, you're welcome to contribute again. I would really love to just keep putting up our listeners, uh, our, our community, rather. It's not, I don't want to degrade you into just a listener. You're part of the community. And we all have a part in this thing that we're doing here. So what are we to do today? I know you're wondering what book we're going to be doing. Well, if you'll allow me some artistic license, I'm going to be calling this New Goggles Part 2. Because, you know, after the books that we've done already, starting off with Revelation, Knowing the Future, then going to Acts, and again, we're looking at the past, but to see the future, because this is what God is doing. I say that with the utmost confidence that this is God's instruction for his church. And then we did Jude, which turned out to be longer than I thought it would be. Uh, and it was a difficult book for me to do. There's a lot of deep truths that came out in that, and some of you didn't pick up on them, but rewatch them. You'll see. Um, and quite honestly, I, what was on my heart, um, you know, I want I, a couple people had suggested Daniel, and I love the book of Daniel, but I thought, you know what, we've been reading these other books, but maybe we should do the gospel. You know, read the red letters. What did Jesus actually say? And that would be good. And perhaps we'll get there. But instead, there's really only one book. And I wrestled with God over this since about Acts 19, as a matter of fact. And there is really only one book. And it just kept coming back to this. Uh, we are going to do the book of Ephesians. And Ephesians is six uh, six books. It's a letter written by Paul. Uh, some people say it was his first letter that he wrote from being in prison in Rome. And he wrote four letters from the prison. And this letter is to the Ephesians. And if you'll remember, on Paul's second missionary journey, he was in Ephesus, and Ephesus was a very rich city. It was a port city, kind of the center of government in many, many ways uh, for the region of Asia Minor. And it was a city filled with idols, uh, famously the Temple of Diana there. And there were a lot of things that were going on uh, that were not pleasing to God in there. And Paul spent pretty much three years in Ephesus. 
And if you'll remember, he was starting to teach. He kind of had his own classroom set up and he taught there and he cared very much for it. In fact, he sent Timothy back there and, and because it was the center and from there poured out to many, many regions. And a lot of Paul's notes are very personalized. This one is not. This one just says to the church. So is it a specific church or is it the body in general in the area? Well, I don't know the answer of that for sure, but I suspect it is to the body. And you're going to see a lot of clues as we go through this. And as we go through this, I'm just putting up the frame work before I read this to you. It was really split into two halves. And I think most people will agree with that. There's one particular scholar who puts it into three sections, but I'm a simple guy. So I'm going to stay with two sections. And the first part is the theological base, who we are in Christ. And then the second part is the practical application of our walk in Christ. This book is so rich. I know you're going to be blessed by it. And this really is the... It, listen, Romans could have uh, done the job as well. Romans is a very complex book. But this one touches on some things and just has so much love in it that... Uh, I think it's right for this time. So I hope you trust my prayers and that I've picked the right one for us as a community. And I want to remind you as we go through this, I'm not preaching the word from on high. Paul said he was the chief of sinners. Well, I make the same claim. And I don't say that to glorify the sin. No, not at all. It's just so that I'm very real with you. And one day you will be one of the witnesses to what God has done in my life. And I want to get to know each one of you better. You know, I'm on the phone a lot. I try to talk to as many people as I can. I'm actually very reachable. Um, by email and stuff like that. And sometimes I <coughs> will get on the phone, particularly with those who sign up for uh, switchaway.com slash ROR. I get on the phone as many times as I can with people. Uh, even if you're called by someone in the audience, uh, most, all the people who call you from uh, Switchaway have my personal phone number. And I actually call them often and, uh, Sometimes I just jump on the phone as well. Not that I'm a prize, but it's a, it's a gift to me to get to know each one of you uh, to the best of my ability and how time permits. So this book is split into those two halves, and it's important to know who we are in Christ and how to walk it out. May God bless the reading of his word. Paul, 
an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. To the saints who are at Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters through Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace with which he favored us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our wrongdoings, according to the riches of his grace, which he gave, lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he set forth in him, regarding his plan of the fullness of the times, to bring all things together in Christ, things the heavens and the earth. In him, we also have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things in accordance with the plan of his will. To the end, we who were the first to hope in the Christ would be the praise of his glory. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of the promise. Who is the first installment of our inheritance? in regard to the redemption of God's own possession to the praises of his glory. For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory of the inheritance in the saints. And what is the boundless greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand 
in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one that is to come. And he put all things in subjugation under his feet, and he made him head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Folks, I don't know what's happening to me. I just can't contain water in my eyes anymore. <sighs> Big Bad Billy's Sweet William Now. <laughs> Good song, if you're familiar with it. All right, so this, uh, I want to start off with, I guess, what I would describe as the prologue or the introduction there is so much richness in this book to the Ephesians. And I'm not sure if we'll get through the whole chapter, folks. Just being honest with you. I want to, I'm trying to keep these under an hour. Because, hey, Lord will give us time. We'll get through the book. To the saints who are at Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Well, who are saints? What is a saint? Is it uh, after you die, a certain division of what's called the church today? says, oh, this guy was a good guy. Or a woman will make them a saint. Or are you already a saint? And is a saint one who is set apart by God for his glory, for his purposes? So, the definitions of a lot of these things are actually in the second chapter. And all through this book, it introduces concepts and then it answers them. So I'm not going to spend too much time on a couple of things because we're going to get there. But it's also, and are faithful in Jesus Christ. So who are the faithful? Well, it's the ones who abide in him. Because you can't be faithful to Jesus Christ unless you abide in him. And everyone here that's in our community is at a different place in a different walk. And these are going to mean different things to each one of us. But one question that comes up a lot from new believers, and it actually came up on, on our prayer last night, the Singapore. If you haven't joined our Singapore prayer meeting, you're missing part of your calling. You're knitted with us for a reason. 
and we are called to pray together. But part of this, uh, and Beulah, as she so often does in her wisdom, brought up about praying in the Spirit, and she gave some examples. Well, one of the things that we're going to learn in this book is how to be more in Him and how to pray in the Spirit. And I want to be the first to tell you that not every time do I that I pray am I praying in the Spirit. No, sometimes it's very soulish. Sometimes, sometimes we're hurt, folks. Sometimes we're going through a hard time, and it's hard to get to that center of praise. It's hard sometimes, but God has always made provision. And to get out of that funk, I was in one just yesterday, actually for the last few days. The best way to get out of that is to just pray to God and say, Lord, I need your word. Show me what I need. And he is faithful and true. You might have to spend some time there, folks, but he will give you exactly what you need. And his word is supernatural. It will lift you up. Not my guarantee. It's his. So in Christ Jesus, grace to you, and peace from our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This again is very rich because what one theme that you're going to see as we go through this book is the, this book proclaims that the Jew and the Gentile it's no longer just the Jew. It's that we're the chosen people. And the mystery of God's plan has been revealed through Jesus Christ. It was a mystery all the way up until the time he was born and then lived his life, had his ministry, and shed his blood for you and I. That's when the mystery of God was made known. And the great mystery of God, one of the great mysteries of God in his plan for this earth was that he would put, make this available to all people. And in fact, it always was. It just wasn't evident. But going back in the Old Testament, there are examples of people who are not Jewish that I firmly believe found salvation. I think it's pretty evident. And the reason I don't go back and I pull up all these is because then it would take way too long. We're going to get to those other books, but I like to cover a book just on its own merit. It's contained in this one package for a reason. Sometimes I will jump out, but I try not to. So grace and peace. So grace was a very common uh, Greek greeting 
And what's what's amazing about it is grace is actually a word for the power of God. It's almost like his delivery system. The grace that he has upon us. And grace is uh is given, but it does not have to be accepted. It's important to know because many people in this world do not accept his grace. And then the next word, it's grace and peace. Peace is more of a Hebrew word. So he's because you got to remember, this city was a mix of both Gentile and uh, Jewish. And it's bringing them together. And it's putting us in the same even footing. But he gives the greetings in both Greek and in Hebrew. And peace, if you look at the word peace, it's shalom which a lot of us say often. And shalom does mean peace, but it's much bigger than that. Shalom peace is actually peace through victory. And I've said this on the air before, but there's an illustration that I've always seen. And it, uh, to be honest, if I was ever going to get a tattoo, which I don't have any, uh, and I won't, <laughs> probably, but I would love to get this tattooed. And it's a picture of the Lord Jesus with, with, with the enemy on the ground, obviously defeated, and Jesus' foot is upon the face of his enemy, and he's holding the sword to the throat. So peace is actually the decimation of your enemy. Your enemy is already defeated. And we might think right now, well, this doesn't make sense because we have enemies all around us. Surely the devil is still about his tricks and he uses his minions, his people. What we're going to discover in this book and I know many of you know this already, but you're going to get some deep truths anyways. God's word is still, it's deeper than I'll go. He's got a personal message for you. But this book talks about the different realms on earth as it is in heaven. There is a heavenly realm. And I venture to say to you, the heavenly realm is far more real than the earthly realm, which is kind of like the matrix, right? We're living in this pre-ordained story. It was pre-written, the beginning and the end, folks. Are we living in a simulation of sort? I think you can kind of say that, but you can say it in a biblical term because God is the author and he wrote this story to glorify himself and because he loves 
you. There's so many more mysteries of God that are going to become apparent to us. But this is a supernatural place. And the reason, by the way, I took the artistic license to call this New Goggles Part 2, it's because New Goggles was all about seeing through God's eyes, seeing the way the world, the world in the way that God wants us to see it. He's clear in his scriptures. He wants us to see it his way. And he, and the more the closer we get to him, the more we get to know his word, the more revelation that will come out. And remember, we're called to be disciples of Christ. And to be a disciple, just a reminder, it's not adding a whole bunch of stuff into your life. It's actually the removal of things from your life. And that's going to be proven here in this chapter. So to see things in his eyes, imagine no matter what your circumstance is right now, if you could see things through the heavenly realm and what's actually going on. The smallest situations in our lives, oh, today I wasn't allowed on YouTube and I so enjoy doing these live and be able to see your comments. By the way, I realized after I posted this to Rumble and I can't see comments on Rumble, but I can see them on uh, Facebook and there's uh, Twitch and uh, other platforms that we're on. I got really got to get it together and, and list some of, because we're on about 20 different platforms, most of them audio, but I think it's about eight different video platforms currently that we're on. Anyways, to see things through the heavenlies. So not being allowed on YouTube, and it was God's decision. God did this. On, on earth, oh God, why would you do this? I want to get my word out. There's more people on YouTube. There's more traffic, Lord. Surely you want your word to be heard by that many people. The fact is, it will be heard by a YouTube audience. But God has something else planned. So for me to see what God is doing, I have to go up and look through the heavenly realm. Because everything, it might start even with us, and this is getting off track, but we send things up and acknowledge God in the heavenlies, and then it's manifest on earth, but it's only through Christ and his Holy Spirit and the will of the Father. Ah. <sighs> So we're going to learn that, and as we go through this book, we're going to see the richness of not only who we are in Christ and how to act it out, but how to see through the heavenlies, how to fight in the heavenlies, the way that God has instructed, not the way that man has instructed. That's why I want to be strictly based on his word. 
So the next section, and uh, we're not going to get far, folks. The next section really is uh, the blessings of God. And it's not a comprehensive list. It's not all of the blessings of God, but it's a good list of the blessings of God. And as we break down these scriptures, you're going to see that some of the blessings, it starts off with the blessings from the Father. And then it goes into the blessings of the Lord Jesus. And then it goes into the blessings of the Holy Spirit in our lives, which is all God. And it's so deep that I think <clears throat> it will probably take an entire show to do the blessings. So with your forgiveness, I want to do that next time. But before I go, I want to focus on the words chosen in Christ. Oh. Sorry about that. It's my daughter calling. And she probably thinks I'm not on the air because she doesn't really look at Telegram and she's suspecting that I'm not on YouTube because she often watches watches with my grandson and her husband. So bless you, Aaron. I'll call you back. Um, there's a lot of controversy in the world. And I say in the world because once you're born again in God, and salvation opens up the door for you to see. It opens up your eyes. It's not possible to see these things. You know, occultic people think they have these mystery teachings and stuff, and there's a lot of truth in it. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of truth in their stuff, but they can't see it the way we see it. They can't. The truth can only be unpacked by God. And the whole thing of predestination and being chosen before the foundations of the world, it's listed in multiple places in the Bible, folks. Before he created the earth, before in the beginning, in Genesis, before that, he picked you. So where the controversy comes in is, well, how? why are people starving who are Christians? Why are there people in China, which has really been on my heart a lot lately, the underground church, those people love the word of God so much in such a deeper way than us in Western civilization because they know how sacred it is, they'll be killed for it. And I would venture to you that even a hundred years ago, it was much different here in Western society. We, the church, were truly set apart. And people would know by your appearance that you were set apart. And although grace is that mechanism, it's the power of God to come into your life. 
I think the modern church and Western civilization has really watered it down. Don't worry about that. Grace, grace, grace. We need a better understanding of what his grace is. You know, it's God's grace on your life when he reproves you because God reproves those he loves. Your child, we're his children, your child. Sometimes you have to be very stern with them and sometimes they have to learn a lesson. Sometimes kids got to fall down on their face and get bruised up and you see them cry, you see them hurt, and it hurts you maybe even more than them. But you have to let them learn these lessons in life. You have to let them experience winning and losing. And it's God's grace that lets us go through these difficult situations. And surely, from a Western perspective, we look at this underground church, and not only in China, there's other places in the world, just China's been on my mind, where they have to, they they memorize pages, because if they get one page at a time from the Bible, they'll memorize it. And they'll hold on to it for the rest of their life. They know the value of it because it's so precious and dear to them. Where us, we just open up an app on our phone. It's there anytime. We take it for granted. And so those people who are underground churches around the world are suffering for the gospel of Christ. But yet, it's his grace on their lives that they get a richness out of the word that I think you have to be in a hard place to get. You know, you look at Paul being imprisoned. Imprisonment isn't easy, but he counted it as a blessing. And actually, the gospel went further because of his imprisonment. That was God's grace on his life. That was the power behind it. Ultimately, to fulfill God's purpose in your predestined life. God knows the mistakes you're going to make. God knows that you can turn things around. And God knows when you will choose to turn things around. And for some of you, some of me, me, some things that I haven't yet. Perhaps there's some things in your life that probably is. But you were chosen. I know that some people who were maybe adopted or you found out from your parents that actually you weren't planned. Well, your parents might not have planned you, but God did. And there is no life without God. He is the very substance of life. Without God, there is no life. And although each of us have very different walks, 
and this broadcast is global, so it's very true how different our walks are. Be thankful for the situation that God has put you in and know that God has predestined you to overcome by the power of his word and by your testimony. Having said that, may God bless each and every one of you. May uh, you dig into it. And by the way, I with this book in particular, the book to the Ephesians, I'm just going to ask you to consider just reading through the whole book before we continue the study, just to get the context. I think you're going to get, well, I don't think, I know you'll get more out of a book. And I know you've probably read it before, but if you haven't, read the book of Ephesians again. It's worth it. And uh, we'll share this journey together as we go through it and we learn to see things in the heavenlies. But in the meantime, hit that uh, rumble button or the like button, please. Uh, if you don't mind, leave a comment. In the meantime, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. <laughs>